This is a Federal News Network podcast. Coming up on today's Federal Newscast, more suggestions for how agencies can close the gender pay gap. Federal employees who had their data exposed during the OPM breach may qualify for some compensation. And gas prices are hitting consumers and the Pentagon hard. These stories and more in today's Federal Newscast. Welcome to today's episode of the Federal Newscast. I'm Eric White. Agencies can act now to work toward closing the federal pay gap. The Office of Personnel Management plans to propose regulations encouraging agencies to stop asking job applicants for salary history. But the Department of Justice Gender Equality Network, or DOJ-GEN, says no current policies prevent agencies from starting the process now. The advocacy group also calls on OPM to get a step further and completely ban the use of salary history. Currently, the gender and racial pay gap for feds is 5.9%. Federal employees affected by a data breach may be eligible for a payout. Federal News Network's Drew Friedman has more. $63 million will go to federal employees and contractors with valid claims as part of a class action lawsuit. That's after 2014 and 2015 data breaches at the Office of Personnel Management compromised some Fed's personal information. Eligible employees can receive the higher value between either $700 or the actual claim amount up to $10,000. Those affected can go to opmdatabreach.com to file their claims. Drew Friedman, Federal News Network. One House lawmaker is looking for more details on the biggest known cyber attacks to ever hit the federal government. Federal News Network's Justin Doubleday reports. New York Democrat Richie Torres introduced legislation that would require an investigation into the extent to which agency systems were accessed, compromised, or otherwise impacted by the SolarWinds incident. Torres is seeking to attach the language to the 2022 NDAA. It would require the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency to develop the report in conjunction with the White House National Cyber Director. The SolarWinds attack was first uncovered in December 2020, and it's reported to have affected nine federal agencies and 100 private sector organizations. Justin Doubleday, Federal News Network. An inspector general says deferred vetting for IRS hires puts taxpayer data at higher risk. Here's Federal News Network's Jory Heckman. The Treasury Inspector General for Tax Administration finds the IRS hired employees with access to sensitive taxpayer data, but have yet to verify whether those individuals are eligible for federal work. The IRS, early in the COVID-19 pandemic, deferred inspection of identity documents and fingerprinting requirements. TIG defines 1,900 IRS employees hired between March 2020 and July 2021 still aren't listed as having their identity records physically inspected by the IRS. Records for more than 100 IRS employees show they haven't yet submitted fingerprints. Jory Heckman. Federal News Network. Customs and Border Protection used facial recognition to process more than 51.1 million international travelers between 2019 and 2021. The technology helped identify 39 imposters attempting to enter the U.S. over the same two-year period. The Homeland Security Inspector General found CBP generally complied with its own policies when using facial recognition. The agency introduced its facial biometric entry program in 2017, and it's used at 238 international airports around the country. 
The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention should redesign its data management system on airplane travelers to help it improve the ability to contact trace. That's according to a new report from the Government Accountability Office. The CDC's current system was developed in the mid-2000s and was not designed for the agency's current needs to monitor public health risks. For instance, the CDC cannot quickly or accurately know the number of passengers exposed to a specific person on a plane or assess if the airline's response is quick enough. GAO made three recommendations, including for the CDC to assess ways the agency can improve the quality of the data it collects and increase automation of the data by adopting or establishing data exchange standards. The Postal Service defends a postal banking pilot despite a lack of customers. USPS tells the Postal Regulatory Commission that letting customers purchase a single-use gift card worth up to $500 using business or payroll checks as payment does not count as the agency branching out into new services. USPS says it's just allowing a new form of payment for gift cards it's been selling for more than a decade. The USPS pilot had six customers in the first quarter of fiscal 2022 and one in the second quarter. House Republicans and industry groups have challenged the pilot since its launch last September. The State Department offers more details about its upcoming mega-IT services contract. Federal News Network's Jason Miller tells us more. The State Department's draft request for proposals for its Evolve multiple work contract will try to address the modernization of its technology across five areas. The draft RFP outlines the services vendors will provide around IT management, network and telecommunications, cloud and data centers, application development, and customer and end-user support. State says it expects to issue the final RFP for this contract with a ceiling of between $8 billion and $10 billion later this fiscal year. State will hold a question and answer listening session among interested vendors on July 26th. Comments on the draft RFP are due by July 22nd. Jason Miller, Federal News Network. The Federal Emergency Management Agency welcomed four emergency management workers from state and tribal governments to participate in the agency's new exchange program. FEMA says the Emergency Management Exchange Program will provide a new avenue to strengthen the agency's partnerships with state, tribal, and local emergency managers. It will also increase community resilience against disasters. The four participants from Maryland, Idaho, and California state governments and the Choctaw Nation of Oklahoma will work with FEMA on recovery, response, climate resilience, and equity assignments from July to December. Once the first part of the program ends, FEMA will send four federal employees to participating non-federal government programs from January to June. The Defense Department is moving nearly $1 billion of its funds to cover rising fuel costs. The Pentagon asked Congress on June 2nd if it could take money from its foreign currency fluctuations in order to cover gas prices. DOD may need to request more as prices continue to stay high. The DOD comptroller told Congress in April that fuel is the most volatile cost for the military. Members of the Air Force may not get promoted as quickly as they hoped. Federal News Network's Scott Massioni explains. The Air Force says it will slow enlisted promotions for the next two years in order to better distribute airmen across ranks. The service says it hopes to resolve some of the uneven workforce problems it's been dealing with. The longer times in rank will build institutional knowledge and help train the maintenance corps. The Air Force is seeing more enlisted airmen staying in the service than in years past. The Air Force says it's seeing longer promotion times as an opportunity to build more knowledgeable airmen. Scott Massioni. Federal News Network. And Donna Bennett, the longtime executive of the General Services Administration, passed away July 2nd at the age of 74. Bennett served as the commissioner of the federal supply schedule from 2000 to 2005 before retiring. She worked for GSA for 21 years and was in federal service for more than 35 years. After retiring, Bennett joined the Logistics Management Institute, or LMI, as a senior vice president. She worked there for eight years until fully retiring in 2013. Bennett is survived by Randy, her husband of 33 years, and their daughter, Kathy Fumagalli.
You can find more information about these stories at federalnewsnetwork.com. Search Federal Newscast and subscribe to the Federal Newscast on Podcast One or Apple Podcasts. I'm Eric White. Reconnect with a carpool or vanpool. Even if you're commuting just a few days a week, Commuter Connections can match you with others that live and work near or at the same place as you. Prefer taking the bus or train? There's never been a better time to reconnect with transit. Plus, you have the added comfort of knowing Guaranteed Ride Home is there for any unexpected emergency for free. For more options, visit commuterconnections.org or call 1-800-745-RIDE. Some restrictions apply.